0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text for today from the Holy Gospel, these words, Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up, raise your heads high, because your redemption draws nigh. This is our text, dear friends in Christ. You want to become a paranoid shopper? Then visit the website of the U.S. Consumer Product and safety commission and I promise you if you visit it and you read it you'll be amazed at how many products made and manufactured are considered unsafe and are considered even to be a hazard especially to children just consider those products that have been considered to be unsafe especially for children just in the first couple of weeks of the month of November Bonton Department Stores recalling girls' and boys' bathrobes because they fail to meet the children's sleepwear flammability standard. Or Nike recalls 235,000 football helmet chin straps which can break and pose risk of serious injury. Dollar General recalls children's sunglasses because yellow surface paint may contain excessive levels of lead. Marvel Toys recalls 175,000 Curious George, plus plush dolls because of lead exposure. Bassett Baby recalls cribs due to entrapment and strangulation hazard. And of course we heard, all of us, on the news recently about this one. Spin Master recalls aqua dots because children become unconscious after swallowing the beads because they're coated with a chemical that's the same thing that's used in daybreak. The list could go on. This is probably a tenth of the number of items that were upon the list in just the first two weeks of the month of November. Recalls. Whether it's toys, or appliances, or cars, there are all kinds of recalls, the list is endless because it seems that things just don't meet the standard that we've set for them. Well, friends, the United States Commission on product safety isn't the only authority that can call products and can recall them. Today is one of the last Sundays of the church, your Sundays when we look at the end of times. And certainly as we look at scripture at the end of times, we find very clearly that God also is that ultimate authority that will issue that ultimate recall of the products that he has made you heard it today in the gospel reading right before our text it makes it abundantly clear that we are going to have a recall of planet earth and so our lord jesus says there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars on earth distress of the nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves people fainting with fear and foreboding at what is coming to the world for the power of the heavens will be shaken and they will see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory and that dear friends is only one of the about two thousand different references that there are in the scriptures to that day of the Lord that is coming at times end when God will recall his product make no mistake about it make no mistake about it God is coming Visibly returning, he is invisibly indeed with us even now, but visibly returning, the maker is going to recall his product because there are indeed dangerous and damning defects in it. In fact, I suppose we could say it's defective because it doesn't meet the standard of perfection that God has to require. And it certainly doesn't meet the flammability standards that are required for time's end, because as we heard in the Old Testament lesson for today from the prophet Malachi, for the days are coming burning like an oven, a day that shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts. Eventually, global warming will be a reality of a kind that those worst forecasters of our day couldn't possibly imagine. The final recall because the product is defective. But don't blame the manufacturer on this one. Don't for a moment blame the maker. Don't blame God. All was absolutely perfect when he made it. Look at the beginning of the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis, and you can see at the very end Of the chapter that describes the beginning of all that's made that God looked at everything that he had made and behold it says it was very good everything was perfect everything was absolutely the way it should have been it was without flaw it was without sin the maker is recalling his product not because the defects in it were of his making but because the defects in it are of man's making they're of your making my making that of all of mankind man's making because it was and it still is man who has driven the world far beyond any attempts of human repair left to man there is no repair to be had the divine recall is required if god is to undo what man has done it's required if god is going to recall the earth and then renew this earth that he loves and remake this earth and restore this earth to its first glory there has to be a divine recall if god is going to restore this earth to its first love for the anxious longing of creation scripture says The anxious longing of creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. The whole creation, St. Paul tells us, groans, and it suffers the pains of childbirth even until now. You see, the whole of creation itself waits eagerly, waiting to be delivered. But the Lord, who dearly loves this creation that's all about us, of which we're a part, you know what he loves even more? Mankind. He loves mankind even more. And so he has set out to redeem mankind before the deliverance even of this world would come. He set out to heal mankind through, as the prophet Malachi said in the Old Testament lesson today, through that son of righteousness who rises with healing on his wings. Healing on his wings. And oh, what healing you need. What healing I need. What healing we all in our lives and the whole world needs. You know, it's not just a matter of us having been a little sin sick. It's not just a matter of us having a little infection of some sort that will go away at times. A mild spiritual infection that causes otherwise pretty good people to do and to say and to think some pretty dumb things. Sin is much more than that. Our iniquity, our iniquity, which manifests itself in so many negative ways in our lives from the ways that we do treat one another at times, and certainly the way that we think of God, and even manifests itself in our sicknesses. Our iniquity, God makes it very clear, is that deep seated condition. A condition which, even at birth, is able to claim the smallest of us. Little wonder. That the prophet Jeremiah speaks of that embedded condition within us all. And you know what Jeremiah says? He says, For thus saith the Lord, Thy bruise is incurable. Thy wound is grievous. And that's no different from what the prophet Nahum would say when he describes our sinful condition in a similar way. And he says, There is no healing of thy bruise, Nahum says. No healing of thy bruise. Thy wound is grievous. For upon whom hath not thy wickedness passed continually. And both of those Old Testament prophets, Jeremiah and Nahum, just repeat what so many of the other prophets of the Old Testament and say and what the apostles of the New Testament and say all summed up in what the Apostle Paul says when he says we are by nature children of God's wrath like the rest of mankind. That's our condition We don't simply have a mild case of sin as though it were some troublesome flu or some passing cold. St. Paul says you were dead in your trespasses and in your sin thy bruise humanly incurable. That's how it's described. But as the prophet Malachi said and thanks be to God that he said it the son of righteousness rises with healing in his wings and who is this son of righteousness it is none other than the one of whom the prophet isaiah speaks saying and he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities And chastisement required for our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. The gospel according to Isaiah. Indeed, Isaiah says, "'It pleased the Lord to bruise him, "'so that your bruise, which is humanly incurable, "'could indeed be cured and could be healed. "'It pleased the Lord to bruise him. "'He hath put him to grief, "'making his soul an offering for your sin.'" The son of righteousness is none other than our Lord Jesus Christ and the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ is the tree upon which it all happened the tree of sacrifice the tree of death from which now has come the tree of life for you that blessed tree which significantly the Word of God says is for the healing of the nations the cross of Christ from which the Word And the sacraments flow as fruit and bring the healing of our Lord Jesus Christ to each of us individually and all of us corporately in our day God has indeed redeemed mankind and now all that remains is for him to recall it and to remake his creation that anxiously groans and travail as she awaits the day of her new beginning and when will that day be When is that day going to be? In today's gospel, the disciples asked the Lord that very question. You know what his answer was. You read it. He said, see that you're not led astray because many are going to come in my name and they're going to be saying, I am he. Or they're going to say the time is at hand and he says, don't go after them. There will indeed be many who come. And as the Apostle Paul says in our epistle lesson for today to those who lived in Thessalonica, many of them who've been caught up in some who would come and who had declared that the day of the Lord had come, and so because of that they stopped working. Why work if the Lord is coming? And what does Paul tell the Thessalonians? Keep away from any brother who is walking in this kind of idleness and is not in accord with the tradition, with the teachings that you have received from us. We simply don't know when the day of the Lord's appearing is, and we are to work until that day, doing what God has called us each in our vocations to do. Did not our Lord, in fact, compare his coming to that of a thief? Thieves don't announce themselves, not if they're good thieves. Did not St. Peter pick up on that very thief theme? When he wrote, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and all of its works are going to be burned up. But that day will come like a thief comes in the night that the Lord Jesus will visibly appear again to recall the earth unto himself and to purge it with fire and all that has defiled it is most certainly a clear teaching of scripture to which every Christian looks. In fact, we confess it Sunday after Sunday after Sunday as we have for generations and centuries by saying that he is coming again to judge the living and the dead, our creed. But instead of joining the ranks of those who get so hung up on the details of when he is coming and the what is coming at the end of the world, Our Lord Jesus would simply fix our eyes upon who is coming. Not on what or when, but who is it that's coming. It's our Lord Jesus Christ who has purged us of our sins, not with fire, but with his own blood. So that no matter when it happens, and however it happens, whenever it comes, we'll be prepared to meet the one who is coming. Sort of like this, two little children that are getting prepared for their grandparents to come at Thanksgiving, they receive a letter from their grandparents and they're so anxious about their grandparents to come and the one child reads the letter from his grandparents and he becomes overly anxious about their coming, the other one is so caught up in everything else that he's doing that he sort of puts the letter aside, doesn't pay much attention to at all. Obvious extremes. The overly anxious child isn't content with simply knowing that grandpa and grandma are coming for Thanksgiving. He's got to know all the details about what road are they going to take. What hour are they going to arrive? What are they going to bring with them? And he gets all caught up in all the little details about it to such an extent that he loses the whole joy of their coming. So many are doing the same thing in our day regarding Christ's second coming. Dissatisfied with the general signs that our Lord has given us in Scripture that we heard today are identified as being wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and famines, those general indicators that, yes, Christ will visibly return. There are those who want more specifics than our Lord has given, and their speculations about all of these things rob them of the joy of the one who is returning. But even as there are those who are too caught up in all of the details, reading far more into scriptural things than they should, there are also those who, like the other child, have set aside the sacred letters altogether and are so caught up with the things of the world that they could care less. But they will care when that day comes. They will care indeed. So caught up with the things of the world that they don't prepare themselves for the Lord's coming at all. Refusing, in fact, some of them to believe that he even is going to come again. Remember what our Lord said about the people in Noah's day? They were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage up to the very day that Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen, he says, until the flood came and then suddenly, like a thief in the night, took them away. So it will be, Jesus says, at the coming. Of the Son of Man. They are the ones the Lord says whose hearts are weighed down with dissipation. It means that they're so preoccupied with the things of this world that they don't think at all about those things that are yet to come. They're so preoccupied with the things of this life that they forget that there is indeed a final recall When every man will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ at his right hand or his left hand when he comes again. Therefore, St. Paul says, clothe yourselves with him, with the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't think about how you're going to satisfy and gratify the desires of your flesh. Preoccupy yourself with Christ and you'll be prepared for his coming whenever it is it's so easy to become so preoccupied with the little things of life that we let them blind us to the far greater things of far greater importance that are coming reminds me remember Dr. Herman Gockel he was a member of this congregation for a time wrote a number of books devotional books mostly this one story that he has and the one book that he wrote entitled my hand in his he said it was a beautiful summer evening still early enough for us to skim along the scenic highway in southern Illinois without turning on the lights of our car. We were in a hurry and so we decided that we would wait until we got home to have the splatter removed from our windshield because as frequently happens in a summer evening, a large bug had collided with the glass in front of us leaving an inelegant blotch to mark the spot of the fatal contact. But as we drove along, it seemed we just couldn't keep our eyes off that ugly spot and that bug indeed again and again we found ourselves focusing our eyes to the short ranged vision which ended on the pane of glass that was immediately before us how much he said is this like life for us fixing our eyes and all the ugly little things so close to us that we miss the vision of the beautiful and the abiding things that surround us on every hand. Gockel was absolutely right. If only we would keep our eyes off the bugs on our windshields, the doubts, the worries the troubles, the sins that besiege us in this life from day to day, for all too often we're too preoccupied with such things that loom so large in front of us and blot out the eternal realities that are far more long-lasting than these short bugs in the windshield of our lives. The end of the church year has come, The beginning of a new church year soon begins with Advent. Both seasons remind us to clean our windshields of those kinds of things. It's the time for us to remove from our vision anything and everything that blurs our Lord Jesus Christ. It's the time to be looking ahead with joyful anticipation to that day of Christ's return. That day when he has promised to gather all of his people unto himself. That day when he will recall and remake anew all of creation a day which we need not fear though all the rest of the world faint with fear for us the word of our lord remains when these things begin to take place he says look up because your redemption draweth nigh in the name of the father and of the son